they cracked the nut on something that couldn't be digitized but could be virtualized. Yeah. Right? Which mm -hmm. so clothes are, by their very nature, analog. They were able to uh, um, virtualize it even though it's not digitized. You're listening to Experience This, a show about the emerging experience economy with your host, Tom Young. Hi, uh, welcome to the show. I'm sitting here today in the studio with Karen. How you doing, Karen? Hey, Tom. How's it going? All right. Hey, uh, today we're going to talk about a topic uh, that we discussed <laughs> with your sister. Yes. Sharon. Yeah, she was on the show. Yeah. So we uh, we had a we had a call with her on Skype, and we talked to her about uh, her clothing. <laughs> yes, we did. And specifically. In the concept of the experience economy, there's this company called Rent the Runway, mm -hmm. where uh, women are able to basically rent their clothes. Yeah, exactly. Especially high fashion clothes that mm -hmm. are typically very expensive on a per item basis. Yep. But if you move into a rental, you can enjoy these clothes for a lot less without the uh, ownership involved with buying these clothes. Yeah, and so it's really interesting. Um, one of the ways that one of the early, I guess, insights that Rent the Runway had. So the co-founders basically approached, I believe it was either Nordstrom or Neiman Marcus, and said to the CEO, look, women are buying dresses from your department stores, keeping the tags on, wearing them, and returning them. So in some ways, women were already kind of, you know, Gaming renting. the system. Exactly. Yeah. And... So, so how much is it? I mean, people are not familiar. How much is like a designer dress? How much might it cost? Anywhere at a high end department store, you're talking anywhere from I don't know three ninety five to two thousand dollars. That's not that's excluding the evening wear category. Maybe some of the ball gowns fall into that, but these are just you know, high-end designer okay. on-trend dresses. Very expensive. So people mm -hmm. aren't doing this every week. And it's expensive. Yeah, exactly. So uh, what I found interesting and when we were reviewing uh, some of the clips for this uh, episode, uh, the the woman who started this uh, with her one of her college associates, is a woman named Jennifer Hyman. She's the CEO yep. of Rent the Runway. Very articulate speaker. Mm -hmm. um, she talked a little bit about, which caught my ear, the notion of when she got out of school in the early 2000s, I think 2001 or 2002, yep. uh, she talked about her uh, draw to the experience economy. Mm -hmm. So we have a clip from one of the Q&A sessions that she did here in New York. And uh, let's play that clip where she talks about her epiphany to the experience economy, because that ties into this podcast series as well. Yep, sounds good. And I started a wedding business for Starwood with one of the core tenets of that wedding business being the first honeymoon registry in the country. Because I had had this thesis that people were getting married later, we had entered the experience economy, people already own pots and pans, and maybe they would register for a trip for a honeymoon and have their friends and family buy them hotel nights or scuba diving or experiences as opposed to buying them plates for their wedding from Crate and Barrel. And it was so interesting that I was already in 2001, 2002, thinking about the experience economy and seeing my own friends and my own generation 
you know, living their life differently, having different values than my parents' generation had had. Very cool that someone was talking about the experience economy. It's not a, a term we owned. It's just a term we use. Right. Yeah. So, but she was talking about it in the same sense that people's lives are changing and they're starting to focus more on time and experience versus things. Yeah. And things that are driving the consumer culture. So it's very interesting. So uh, you describe what your sister does. And she's an avid user of Rent the Runway. In IT words, I would call her a power user. Yeah. So th th as I understand it, the, it works very much like the early Netflix model, mm -hmm. where you pay a monthly subscription fee, and you can set the, the subscription level based on how many DVDs, or in this case, how many clothes or accessories you have checked out. There are no late fees. You can hold these things for however long you want. You pay the monthly fee. Yep. And uh, they give you a return envelope or a return package, and you send it right back. And then when they get it, they ship you the next one. And in places like New York, where you're near the hub of their inventory, right. it's very fast turnaround, like next day. Yep. So very similar to the old Netflix model, where you're just running through the mail, essentially. Yeah, I think it's a combination of that. But now I also think because of Amazon Prime, the feeling of being able to get things to you quickly yeah, has also tapped. They're also tapping into that feeling as well, of people just being able to have stuff on demand. Well, Netflix had the issue where a lot of decisions about video watching was extemporaneous. Yeah. So if you had to go through the mail, it was like oh, it was a buzzkill because I got to wait till the next day mm -hmm. at a minimum. Mm -hmm. um, and so Blockbuster had to beat there because you could drive down to the store. Then Blockbuster had the issue: anything you really wanted to get was sold out usually if you didn't get there early enough. So, but clothing is different. And your sister, she talks about. So let's talk a little bit about. Uh, let's get this first clip where she talks about introducing us to how ah. she uses. Uh, Rent the Runway. Yep. Yeah. So I was using Rent the Runway when they started off just doing dresses. Um, so Rent the Runway used to do like eating gowns. If you had to go to a dinner party or like a cocktail event, you could rent a dress through their website for four days. And it was you know $50 to $100 um, for a four-day rental, depending on what you were using. I got an email that told me that they were starting this new unlimited program. And for a monthly fee, you could essentially rent an unlimited wardrobe. And when they started it off, um, in, like around that time, it was only three items um, for, I think I was renting it for like $99 or something. And then a couple of months later, it bumped up to four items and I now pay $140. And I have never gone back since. I've been using it since I signed on. And basically I have four slots that are available and I can keep an item for as long as I want to. So like winter just finished and I had a winter coat for the entire season. And then the other three slots that I had, I was just rotating. They will send it to you in a garment bag that has a, an envelope, um, like a self-addressed uh, envelope sticker that you can send back for UPS. So you can drop it at any UPS or I just drop it at, with the doorman downstairs in my building. And just really easy to use. Um, it's so good. And I don't go shopping anymore. So the only thing I really go shopping for is jeans because you can rent blazers, you can rent tops. So I'll go shopping for jeans if I like really need them. But yeah, it saved me a lot of money and it saved a lot of closet space for sure. All right. Well, you can see that Sharon is uh, uh, a very enthusiastic user here of the service. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, I'm just fascinated by this concept, you know, because I would have never thought I get, you know, the Uber helping out with uh, changing the ownership of cars because you can rent now. Um, I get the uh, Airbnb where you can, you know, rent out things because the, the hotel industry has been around. And as far as clothing rental goes, the only thing I've been familiar with has been like tuxedo rentals for weddings. Right. But this really takes it to the next level in a way that I would have never guessed ahead of time. And right now, Rent the Runway is worth about a billion dollars. Yeah, exactly. It's not a small, and they, how many users do they have? Uh, upwards of eight, over eight million subscribers. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And a uh, billion dollars. I'm not surprised. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how, uh, you know, like for power users, what the economics are. I get if, you know, because I'm because she said, uh, you know, when we talked to her, uh, one of the comments she made was Sharon. Yeah. Was that she gets a report? Oh yeah. It's, that shows how much if she were to buy everything she rented from them in a given month mm-hmm. or a given period of time. Now I don't know what the period of time was, but she said it was like seventy six thousand dollars. That could have been a month. It, yeah, uh, I mean, the based kind of clothes on that she was renting. she's cycling through a lot. Yeah, yeah it could so have been. She's doing a lot of inventory turns. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's quite possible if it's $2,000 a dress. So uh, anyway, it's just amazing to me. And uh, but still, I think, you know, when I when I talk about this notion about, you know, doing it for guys or doing it for other things or other kinds of clothes, people that I talk to about this concept, because, you know, I talked to Sharon about this last week when right. we were in New York, was the notion, oh, you're wearing someone else's clothes. Or you're not you're they're not your clothes. People have a, a comfort level, but, uh, and so we talked to her about that that issue. And you you you've used it as well, rent a runway. But yeah, you're not I a, have. You're not a power user like your sister. Yeah, correct. I I use it sporadically. Is this rent a runway? This is not. Okay. Oh, actually, yeah, this coat is. I've got it a is. coat here. She's so wearing a coat. Yeah. Yeah, the coat you wore today. Yes, that's rent a runway. Yeah, and how many times have you worn it? It's my second wear. And but you, I just got it two days ago. And you're gonna turn it in when? Uh, probably in two days. Okay. Yeah. And, get and you like else. it? Yeah, it's great. It's nice. You mm-hmm. don't have it. You don't like put your hands in the pockets and find someone else's <laughs> chewing gum. I, you know, everything goes through their dry cleaning warehouse. Yeah. And by the way, they are the world's largest dry cleaner. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm still so, amazed by the business model. Yeah, it's it's cool. So, uh, so let's go to this next clip with your sister where we ask her about the notion of wearing someone else's clothes or yeah. renting r- rental clothes and, and how she looks at it. It feels new actually. So I have a lot of people, like I've told them about it and they're like, Oh, how could you wear something that like somebody else wore? And I'm like, I'm wearing it for like 12 hours. It feels new to me. So it's actually such a nice feeling because you know, like that, you know, the feeling if you buy a new suit and every single day you're like, Oh, I have something fresh and new on. So it kind of builds to your confidence in the same way. Like I have something new on. All right. Well, so, Obviously, with Sharon, she does not feel at all uncomfortable if, once you get past the issue because of the way it's presented. Yeah. So, but and, it, re- it really gets to, I think, the thoughtfulness of this business model. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the important things um, when we were, were listening to some of the, you know, so, when we were listening to Jennifer describe right. her thought process and Jennifer really Hyman, started, she's the uh, CEO, the co yeah, and co founder. Um, they smartly chose a younger audience 
to launch Rent the Runway with because they knew that millennials and young females would probably be more inclined to wear rented clothing versus an older audience, which was in fact true. Mm -hmm. And she also mentions, which is also correct, that social media kind of enabled all of this. Now that you have Instagram and Facebook and all of these very visual platforms where people are photographed, you do have a large group of people who don't want to be seen twice in the same outfit. So this feeds right into that. Yeah, I... I, <laughs> I know, the white shirt. I, yeah, I'm wearing <laughs> the same white shirt I wear every day. The I, um, I understand that. So you have the Instagram culture, you have the experience culture, merging together mm-hmm. uh the the instagram culture is highly visual you know we talked a little bit uh, on some of the other shows about kylie jenner and yeah she would launch a brand on there and for, get paid a quarter of a million for one post yep and so this this whole thing so uh i watched a couple interviews with jennifer hyman again i was very impressed with her it's no no wonder that she came up with a great idea here let's let's go to this next clip with mm-hmm. her where she talks about sort of the details about how they came up with the uh, the business model. They did quite a bit, they did a lot of research about what the draws were and what the obstacles were that had to be overcome. So let's t- have her talk in this clip and you can listen to, her, in her words, how they set it up. I'm Jen and this is Jenny and we're the co-founders of RentTheRunway.com. Ever wish you could wear a designer dress right off the runway or the red carpet? Well, now you can. Rent the Runway is an amazing service that rents designer dresses and accessories to women for 10% of the retail price. How it works is you go to the site, you find a dress and accessory you love, we ship it to you in two sizes sizes, to ensure the perfect fit because no one knows if there are two or four. And then we send you a pre-stamped return envelope just like Netflix. We take care of the dry cleaning so it couldn't be easier. We have over 170 designers here, over 40,000 dresses. We are every woman's dream closet right here in the Rent the Runway warehouse. So again, Jennifer Hyman, the CEO of uh, Rent the Runway, she's very impressive. I'm very impressed with her. So she, um, again... It's, it was more than just, hey, let's rent clothes. They gave it a lot of thought in mm-hmm. terms of what were the drivers and obstacles of the industry yeah, and how could their business model solve some problems, create new markets for them. Right. Because they are, they are somewhat disruptive to some of the existing ecosystem, but I think it's offset by some of the upside positives. Yeah. And I think one of their big philosophies is getting people to imagine their closet being in the cloud which is essentially what they've done. It's a virtual closet. Being able to scroll through your closet virtually through photos on an app and then just have access to Hmm. picking out a shirt you want to wear for the day. Yeah. It's cool. I'm just thinking a lot. I'm just thinking there's a lot, there's a lot to, there's a lot to digest there. You know, you and I, we did that show earlier on minimalism Mm -hmm. and, uh, after we're done with this, we're going to go up and we're going to go look at my inventory <laughs> yes. of uh, of clothes. I was going through some more of the clothes recently, and I, I found clothes from, like, college. I've been out of college for about 30 years, but uh, you can't imagine how much stuff I have to get rid of. So I'm going to show it to you, and you're going to freak out. But um, I, let's, and let's go back to this conversation about the clothing, because as soon as you said clothes in the cloud, I get – 
I, I start imagining the business model in other contexts and what else can be done here. Yeah, which which and I think we've seen, right? So yeah. Spotify is the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So it's just access to all these things that were physical for us and now have become virtual inventories. Yeah, I just think libraries. that they, they, they cracked the nut on something that couldn't be digitized but could be virtualized. Yeah. Right? Which mm -hmm. so clothes are by their very nature analog. Yep. But I was able to they were able to uh, um, virtualize it even though it's not digitized. Yeah. So that's, again, interesting concept. So let's, uh, we got one more clip with your sister um, where we asked her what the reaction is to this, right? Because she's an early adopter, a power user, a big fan. Mm -hmm. And we asked her, like, what does her friends and coworkers and other people say? So let's go to this clip where she talks about the reaction to the clothes she wears and the conversation she has. Okay. So this morning, the client that I had at 11 o'clock couldn't stop looking at the dress because it has this nice like metallic pattern. And she was just like, oh, like your shirt is so pretty. So I was sitting down and I'm like, actually, and I stood up, I'm like, it's a dress. And I showed her and I was like, oh, like this is what it is. So yeah, I get a lot of comments on it. You can also rent stuff that's trendy that you probably wouldn't want to go buy, but it's really like in season, like, you know, like bell sleeves or something like that. But you can rent it from Rent the Runway and it's you're on trend, but it's great because you're not wasting money on something that you're just going to end up trashing at the end of the season when the style goes out. So again, she's getting positive feedback from her ecosystem. She likes it. The people around her like it. She's, you know, I always notice she's very well dressed whenever I see her, but I never put two and two together until you told me about this. Yeah, it's quite interesting because you could think, well, if somebody is, um, you know, if they're renting these high-end clothes, do they not have the money to buy the real stuff? And that could be a negative thing. But in her age group, it's not. And so it's cool to hear how, you know, and I've overheard it. I've overheard the conversations between her and her friends where they openly talk and discuss about, oh, did you see that, you know, this designer has just been joined on Rent the Runway? So it's not like they're trying to yeah. fake it and say, um, you know, or lie and say, oh, yeah, I just bought this at Neiman Marcus, which maybe historically we would have heard in society. The whole dynamic has totally changed. Well, in that the value system is an experiential value system versus an ownership system. Yeah. So it's not what you have, it's what you do. Mm -hmm. And and you do is you wear these cool things at cool places and Instagram it and show and, your friends. Yeah. So uh, again, this is very, very countercultural to the 50 and over crowd who's, who's probably scratching their head on this <laughs> a little bit. But it, it is an interesting concept. And you said before, about the business model, about putting things into the cloud. Mm -hmm. You know, we had talked about the first stages of dematerial or de, uh, dematerializing or virtualizing uh, business model was to digitize it. But, and then figuring that if you can't digitize it, you have to skip the rest of the digital journey. And that just is proving here not to be the case. Yeah. They could not digitize clothes. Right. But they were able to dematerialize it and put it into the cloud mm -hmm. uh, from an ownership perspective. We see that with cars emerging with the driverless car and the Uber. Right. And uh, one has to wonder what else is next. I mean, we did it with music. I mean, that was a, the Spotify. I, I mean, people, I'm trying to think what do people have a lot of that requires a decent amount of work and capital and money? that they don't have to have a lot of. 
Yeah, so I think some of the next partnerships that we're, we're starting to see formed in this space are, so for example, Rent the Runway has teamed up with West Elm to beginning, you know, these beginning stages of starting to rent out some housewares. So West Elm is? West Elm is similar to a crate and barrel. Yep. Um, you know, has a lot of, um, it's all houseware products, anywhere from kitchen um, plates and glassware all the way up to bedroom furniture. So a wide range of, of home products. Well, I can see that. Yeah. I can see wanting to do, you know, uh, annual makeovers. Yeah. And, you know, there used to be a store, a furniture store. I don't know if they had it here, but I remember in Connecticut, it was called Rent-A-Center maybe. Yeah. And you can rent furniture. That's so, for people getting out of prison. Okay. So, so it was a good concept, but just used in a very wrong way. Oh, that yeah. was, that's the, that I was make, I'm making a joke. But uh, yeah, I get it. But it was, they, they it, that was for people who couldn't afford to buy something. They would rent it, rent to own, and it ha- it definitely had a moniker of being cheap and cigarette burn holes on the, on the cushion, and you know renting stuff that you would see at Port Authority. But I, th- this is going to the high end. This is saying, I want to experience a diversity. Yeah, at the very um, high end, and. You know, Sharon was saying before, and we saw in some of their business models, they rotate their their clothes. These are these are this is the cutting edge, and then the next year it's gone, and they sell them at a, a deep discount at the end of year sales, and they just the new fashion line comes out and it's new stuff. Yeah, and, and I think um, when when I even I when I look at my own experience about these, um, so in every single apartment building, there's basically a community board. And when people are moving out, these community boards are flooded with products, homeware products or cabinets, et cetera, that people are just trying to get rid of. I mean, it's almost like Craigslist as well. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show that there's also a huge market for people who don't want to lug stuff from one apartment to the next apartment. And if you can just rent it and furnish your apartment and then you know give it back to the cloud and move on to the next space and maybe update the look that you want for your new space... Uh, I could see that totally being the next evolution of all of this. So I have, uh, uh, if the, you know, the Tommy Bahama camp shirts. Yes. I wear those a lot. I'm not wearing it now, but when the weather warms up, I wear them. And if you look at my closets, I would say I probably have a hundred, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I see. I just buy it, and it's not all Tommy Bahamas because they're very expensive. It's a variety of different brands that fit in the same category. I would absolutely rent that. You would, from Tommy Bahama. Well, yeah. that style, uh-huh. the the camp shirt, yeah. where it's, uh, you know, I want to wear it once and maybe have like pineapples on it the next day. <laughs> I got, you know, different things. I would absolutely rent that and pay a rental and just have it come in the mail. Uh, I just, I, that's probably not a good business model f- for that. But maybe there is. Yeah. Maybe we can start the, the Tony Rumjog uh, camp shirt, uh, yeah. <laughs> rent a center. So, yeah, but I'm, I'm really fascinated about what comes next here because a billion dollar valuation yeah. with, uh, I mean, these two women have set this up. It came out of Harvard, you know, uh, very sharp tax in the box here. They're very sharp. They, they figured it out. They tapped into a need. They saw it. They structured a business model. 
that solve that need mm-hmm. and are being rewarded for the good execution against that. So all the good, all the good makings of a, a nice upstart. We'll see where this takes it, but I keep my eye on this company. Yeah, definitely. Where they're going to head. Mm-hmm. So very cool stuff. Let's see if we can do that. Uh, Tommy, Tony Rum, Tony Rum <laughs> rent a camper. I'm liking that idea more the more I think about it. I think it. you need a better name for when it. When I though. take you upstairs <laughs> in a little bit and show you my That's inventory, you're going to say, "Well, we have the inventory right here. We can start the business. We don't need <laughs> to buy anything." I just have to find uh, <laughs> subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> there may not be any. Double XL. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll see you later. See ya. All right. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Karen, I think you were supposed to say that. Yeah, thanks. I'll take it from here. All right. Well, we got to do the, this is the new Outcast. Oh, the out- outro. The outro. I think Outcast is a new word. All okay. right. Outro. We're doing a new outro. We got to cover a few things. All right. One is what? Subscription. Do you subscribe to? We want people to subscribe to this, not just listen to it occasionally. Okay. Yeah. Check the us out. The second thing is... Nothing's better than what? A, a five-star rating. Always five stars. Got to give us the five stars because we get better search outcomes. Mm-hmm. And the last thing is comments. We need those. Yeah, we, we need your feedback. We want to know what people are thinking. So you can check us out. The best way to do it, if you're not sure, some people don't know how to do it. Go to our website. You can check it out. We'll have a full set of instructions. Uh, so whatever app you're using. Most people use, what do you use? Uh, I use Spotify. You do? Yeah. So we have Spotify, we have iTunes, uh, YouTube, there's a whole bunch. Of, whatever you use, we have it. If, and if we don't have it, let us know and we'll try to figure out how to get it. We can send you a paper-based instruction. <laughs> actually, actually, we do have paper-based instructions, even though that's a fun inside joke to our team. So anyway, yep. thanks for listening and check us out uh, in our next shows. Thanks. See ya.